0: This is Sunday morning worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Wednesday Church with our senior pastor, Reverend Jerry Barbie, bringing the message, Power of the Blood. We'll start off with the praise team. They'll be singing, I'm Amazed. Today's recording was for August the 10th, 2021. No one knew how long
1: I was feeling, and the emptiness I tried so hard to. though I might have said my life was fine without you I was covering up the secret tears I've cried then one day someone told me of your mercies and the love you showed on a hill Oh, Calvary, there you died and purchased my redemption. When you broke his fire and set my spirit free, I'm, I'm amazed that you love me. I've gone astray But I've learned Your love is stronger Than my weakness And the end results Every time I pray No, no one else Is ever cared for me Like you, Lord Other friends can never be to me I'm not afraid to face the problems of tomorrow Knowing you are everything
2: just depend on God, he'll take them sins away. Amen. You got to yeah, you're having a good day today? Hey. Good day. It's going to be a good day. I can feel it coming on. All
3: my darkest nights have come and gone. Break out laughing <laughs> I might just sing a song
2: be smiling down on me, cause I feel so excited from my head down to my feet, I'm looking for the future, I know God is in control, I'm looking to enjoy this ride, I think
3: I'm on a roll, it's, it's gonna be a good day.
2: All All my expectations and possibilities The dreams that I've been dreaming He has made reality I've made a resolution That I'll dwell here on the good And he'll send down a blessing Just like he said he would When I look down this tunnel and finally see the light I've got a funny feeling Everything will be
3: alright It's gonna be a good day I can feel it coming on All my darkest nights Have come and gone
4: I believe it's going to good day. It's going to be a good day. How I many woke up this morning feeling a little dreary? A little weary. How I many know Jesus still sitting at the right hand of the Father? He's still praying for you and I. Amen. His blood still flows. Amen. He's still working miracles even today. You see, the enemy wants us walking around with a head hung down, worried about this and that and the other. Let me tell you something. You as a child of God ain't got a thing in the world to be worried about this morning whatsoever. That's hard to believe in it Because God's in charge of all of it. Amen? Sure, we'll go through some trials. Sure, we'll go, we go through some temptations. Sure, we'll go through different things, one thing and another. But guess what? Jesus Christ hasn't changed a bit. Yeah. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he'll never change. So, let me tell you something. If you can just focus on him, the joy of the Lord can flow like you can't believe. Amen? How many of you want to just have a good day today? Yeah. Let's do this song one more time. Let's worship the Lord. Brother David, let's do this song one more time. Yeah. Let's have a good day today. Tell the devil he's a liar. I don't feel bad. I feel good. I ain't sick. I'm well. I ain't dying. I'm living. I'm not going down. I'm it's going up. going good day. Gonna be a good day. It's
3: gonna I be a good
4: feel day. It coming on. And feel
3: it coming on. All my darkest nights have come and gone.
4: It is. Come on.
2: I know God is in control
4: this is a good day. Amen. You might be seated if you so desire. God's so good to us today. Appreciate all of you being here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you got your Bibles this morning, we're going to Matthew chapter number 26, 27, and 28. How many still knows that the blood, there's power in the blood of Jesus. He's still in control. He has it all. Aren't you glad you know a God that's got the whole world right in the palm of his hand? That nothing don't catch him by surprise whatsoever. Now, every once in a while something will sideswipe us and we get sort of you know surprised. We, we we're not expecting this or the other. But I can tell you this: there is nothing that will ever surprise God. He knows the deal. Amen. The power of the blood. Matthew chapter 26, verse 27 and 28, the Bible says, and he took. The cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying. Now notice what Jesus is saying here. Drink ye all of it. Somebody say all of it. Jesus said drink ye all of it. And that's what he wants you and I to do. He wants you and I to take all of him. He wants us to be all in him. He wants us to be all about him. He wants to be our all in all today. Drink ye all of it for this is my blood. Of the New Testament, which is shared for many for the remission of sins. How many glad your sins are in remission this morning? Uh, it's like when somebody has cancer and, and, and they get treatment or whatever the case is. And, and that cancer goes into remission. In other words, it's, 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 don't, it's not active no more. It's, it's, it's in remission. And when they say it's in remission, they're hoping it's not going to come back. I can tell you something this morning when you, put, when, when you put the blood of Christ on your life when the blood's been applied everything you put under the blood stays under the blood everything you put under the blood stays under the blood in other words when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning and, and, and he's your Lord and you've accepted him and he's forgiven you of all, all your sin I was reading the other night in the word and it says that, 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 that as far as the east is from the west God don't even remember those sins no more Mm-mm. We remember them. We keep bringing them up, but God don't even remember those sins anymore. Amen. Now Jesus has gathered here, he had gathered his disciples together for the Last Supper. As these men gather around him, he holds up the cup and begins to explain that his blood is the New Testament and that his blood is sufficient, whereas the blood of goats and bulls for some four thousand years has not met the requirements of, for the fulfilling of the law. His blood is sufficient. I mean, know that this morning? This is what he was talking about when he said that he had come to fulfill the law, not to do away with it. Matthew 5:17. 17, he said, he said, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. No, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Can I tell you the law has been fulfilled this morning? Amen. That he in one selfless loving act would do what no other sacrifice had been able to do and would begin a new covenant with the God of creation. A blood covenant that if anyone would trust in the power of the blood, they would receive redemption, they would receive atonement, they would receive healing, Protection, deliverance, strength, and transformation. There's wonder-working power in the precious blood of of the Lamb of God. Power to take away the sin of the world. Amen. So number one, his blood has the power to redeem. Redeem, redeem by the blood of the lamb. Redeem, redeem his child forever I am today. Uh, Christ, in, in, in Galatians chapter 3, 13, uh, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse uh, of the law being made a curse for us. Uh, for it is written, "Cursed is everyone uh, that hangeth on the tree. F- and Romans eight fifteen. for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but ye have received a spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We are children of God this morning. If you're saved this morning, washed in the blood of the Lamb, you are a child of God today. Somebody say amen right there. We have a Father in heaven. We've been adopted, amen. And when you've been adopted, there's families that adopt children. And when they adopt children, what they're doing, they're giving that child everything they have. They're giving that child their name. They're giving all their substance, everything they have. In other words, if you got one child and three children, and you adopt one and that one you've adopted comes up to the same mountain of those that are not adopted and some people say well no it's not like yes it is when you adopt somebody in your family you give them your name they have the legal right to do what they need to do according to the law according to your name that's what God's done he's adopted you and I this morning and we have his name we are Christians this morning meaning Christ like and so we are washed in the blood of the lamb we have a father in heaven that we can cry I have a father, and he comes and meet every need we have today. can I get an amen For as much first 1 Peter 118 for as much as you know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things uh, as silver and gold aren't you glad you came by salvation today? From your vain conversations received by tradition uh, from your fathers First 1 Peter 119, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish uh, and without spot. notice what he said but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. No, no sin whatsoever. No spot, no blemishes, anything. And how many know the word of God says he's coming back out of our church with what? Without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. And here Peter says that we won't save by, by corruptible things, but by the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Church, we're gonna have to get ourselves ready because the coming of the son of God is coming real quickly. It's gonna be sooner than you and I can imagine. Amen? He Hebrews chapter 10 verse 16 this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days saith the Lord I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them verse 17 and their sins and in Nicholas will I remember no more forget them all now verse 10 18 now uh, chapter 10 18 now where remission of these is there is no more offering for sin Christ paid the ultimate price he gave his life there's No more sacrifice for sin. He's already done it. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad that we don't have to come to church and do all these rituals and kill all these animals and shed that precious blood and sprinkle it on the altar, sprinkle it on you. I'm glad Jesus loved me enough that he gave his life. He was willing to die for me. So my friend, this morning, the only thing you and I ought to be willing to do is do what we need to do for him and even be willing to die for him if that's what it took in this latter time. Do you know this where it's heading to? You go through the Bible, you see where people were killed all the time because of the gospel's sake. They will not back down. They held on to it. Amen. Hebrews 10, 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. (laughs) I can go in for myself now. I don't have to have a high priest to go in for me. I can go in for myself now. I can go to the Lord. I can go to the throne room of God right by myself on my own. I don't have to depend on somebody else doing that for me. I don't know about you, but that that sort of excites me this morning. Amen. There is wonder working power in the blood of the lamb. Then number two, his blood has the power to transform It is the blood of Jesus that when applied to our lives makes the chiefest, vilest of sinners, uh, transforms them, uh, body, soul, spirit, uh, into a new creature formed uh, in the image of God's holiness. Now let's do it. It's the blood of Jesus. Only the blood of Jesus can do what I'm saying here. It is the blood of Jesus that when applied, when applied to our lives makes the chiefest, The vilest of sinners uh, transforms uh, them body, soul, and spirit into a new creature formed in the image of God. I don't care how bad you think you are. I don't care how bad you think you've done. Uh, I don't care how corrupt you think you are. Let me tell you something. If the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to your life, uh, he can transform you uh, into a new creature and you'll be a new creature in God uh, because you'll be in the image of God, uh, living in the holiness of God, uh, and that's what the Lord wants. Amen? Uh, So then Hebrews chapter nine, verse 14, how much more shall now, the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit uh, offered himself without spot to God, uh, purged your conscience uh, from dead works uh, to serve uh, the living God. Amen. That's what God can do. Somebody shout, Praise the Lord. Saul, a murderer. We know the story of Saul. Saul's a murderer. Then tried to destroy the church of the living God, had an encounter with the power of of that blood and was forever transformed into Paul as an apostle of Christ. Talking about Saul the murderer becomes Paul the, the apostle. Now I'm going to tell you something. If that's not a transformation, if that's not transforming somebody, transforming somebody from a murderer, destroying the church, killing Christians, uh, and doing th- other things, uh, he went from that uh, to being an apostle of Christ. Uh, he said the chief on the cross uh, had an encounter with the power of the blood of Jesus, or the thief on the cross, uh, on, the, on the cross had an encounter with the power of the blood of Jesus uh, and was transformed uh, from that of a condemned man uh, into a saint dwelling in paradise. He transforms us. When he comes into our life. Amen? And then, and then uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things will pass away. Behold, all things uh, are become new. Are you new this morning? Think about it. When I was saved, what I was before I accepted Jesus Christ. According to what Paul's telling me in the, in the book of Second Corinthians, chapter chapter five, verse seventeen, if any man be in Christ, I'm no longer in myself. Paul even said, "It's no longer I, but Christ that liveth in me." So if I'm so if I'm no no longer in myself, but if I'm in Christ, he says, "I am a new creature. All things, all the old things, are passed away. Everything is gone. Behold, all things are become new. There, there is no soul." So gone that the power of the blood of Jesus cannot transform his sinful nature into the desire from the holiness of God. Nobody. Isaiah 118, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though the sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Somebody ought to praise God right there. He said, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. and Though they be red like crimson, they shall be like wool. Then number three, his blood has the power to give life. Amen. Blood is our source of life. Without it coursing through our veins, life will cease in this physical body. We got blood flowing through our veins. Without the blood of Christ flowing through your spiritual life, your spiritual life is gonna die. You can't live without Christ because he is life. You cannot survive without blood. Without the blood of Christ applied to our spirit and soul, we are bound for the the certainty of the second death. Revelation 21 and 8. But the fearful and the unbelieving uh, and the ab- abominable and murderers and whoremongers and scor- uh, scorcherers uh, and adulterers and all liars uh, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, uh, which is the second death. Now, notice what he's saying here. Fearful. We've got no reason to be afraid this morning. We've got no reason to be living in fear. No, Christ, he's got it all. He's got it all under control. Unbelieving. Abominable Murderers Well pastor ain't never killed nobody I've never killed nobody physically Brother Larry there have been times coming up That I killed killed their influence With this little thing called a tongue I killed their influence so, So in a roundabout way I literally murdered them Spiritually speaking So what do I have to do I have to go make it right with God and God says, okay, son, now that you made it right with me, now go, go, now go make it right to the one that you murdered. Now go make it right to the one that, that you killed or influence. Now go, go make it right with the one that you destroyed in the eyes of other people. You see, making it right with God is one thing, but then God says, now, now go make it right with your brother or your sister. Can I get an amen right there? Amen. Whoremongers, scor- sorcerers, adulterers. I was listening to someone last night, and they were talking about uh, you know, of different things, and, and they, they were bringing it to their message of, uh, I've told them about evil spirits and different things, and you know some people will go to the newspaper and read that horoscope. They want to see what their day is going to be like. They don't want to see what's going to be happening. They'll see if they can get an idea of what 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 they're going to be doing that day. But what I heard that preacher say last night was, "Do not even attempt to even read the, the that that uh, uh, what did I say it was horoscope." He said don't even attempt to read the horoscope because when, what, when you do that, what you're doing is you're opening up the door for evil spirits to start moving in on you. Wait a minute now, preacher, that's pretty strong. I know it's pretty strong, but let me tell you something. We The Bible says don't even, don't even give place to the devil. You give the devil an inch, he's going to take, take a whole mile He said don't even open it up, don't even look at it, don't even read it because what you're doing, you're opening up the door for evil spirits because you don't know what's behind that that you're reading. You don't know who wrote that. You don't know who put that together. You don't know what frame of mind they're in. You don't know what spiritual world they're in to be doing those things. So he said don't even attempt to even read the horoscope. It could be dangerous. And these Ouija boards and different things my stepsister years ago she was at my mama's house she brings out this Ouija board and these four of them sitting there together they got the hand on this thing all of a sudden it starts moving I said two for sure now where she knew how to move it I don't know but that thing was moving and trait cards she had trait cards she would read you so when I was about 15, 16 years old, so I'd sit there with her she'd, she'd take the trade cards out So what did I open myself up to? I ain't got a clue That was my stepsister As far as i was concerned, she was not a step, she was a sister She wrote me a letter And I still got it in my Bible This One Bible, she wrote me a letter And on the outside of the envelope, she made some steps And then she put sister at the top of it <laughs> Stepsister but it was a prayer. She was Catholic. It was a prayer. And I read the prayer. And I've read the prayer many times. And that prayer is so sincere. That prayer is so, so thankful. But nevertheless, she was, she was all up into this stuff. But I thought she was a good girl. I thought everything was good. I still think she was a good girl. I, I just sat there and got into it. Didn't know what the world I was doing. But what did I open myself up to? I ain't got a clue. Because I'm going to tell you something. You might as well realize something this morning. The devil is real today. Satan is real. And any way he can get in on you, that's exactly what he's going to do. Somebody shout, praise the Lord. I took communion one time when I was in the military. I took communion. Went with a guy to the Catholic Church, they took communion, and when I tasted that stuff, it wasn't like we use. I punched him, I said, I'm going over and get on the other end of the line. He said, why? I said, because that don't taste like, which I never took, that's the first time I ever took communion. I said, that tastes pretty decent, pretty good. But it was the real deal. And everybody drank out of the same cup. Can you imagine doing that today? And in it, in the line, the priest that was there, he took that cup, he took his, he took his, his, his white rag, he wiped off the top of it, cleaned it off real good, and he finished it. I said, "Wow." But then I come back the next week and I, 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 I come back to, and I go to church with my wife, and she won't my wife then, She's my girlfriend. Uh, and I'm sitting there in the class, and, and the pastor, matter of fact, the one that's coming to preach our homecoming hero, uh, God Liz, is home, coming homecoming. Uh, he's going to come preach for us. And he was teaching that morning, that morning, Sunday school. He was teaching about communion. And he started talking about this, that, and the other. And if you don't take it right, uh, you could be messed up. If you take it on the weather, you can die, and all these kind of things. Uh, I'm sitting there listening, I don't know what the world's going on, huh, but I'm listening to him. I said, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Huh? Help me understand something here. You're telling me that if I take this unworthy, the Bible says that that's why there's so many sick among you. That's why so many are dying among you. I said, I said, is that what you're telling me? He said, yeah. I said, well, I need to confess something right now, and I need you to help me. He said, what? I said, I took communion last week. Didn't he know what I was doing? Can you help me out today? Because I don't want to, and I won't even say it. I said, but I don't want to be caught up into something I ain't going to be this caught up in. He said, son, let me tell you something. Don't worry about what you did last week. You didn't know. But now that you've been taught, now that you know, now you know what the Bible says. Don't do it no more unless you're worthy to take part in the communion of God, and that's what Jesus is doing here. He said, "Take this cup, drink it all, because it represents my blood." Folks, I want to tell you something. We don't open up that we shouldn't open up the door for anything for the enemy to come in. But if we happen to do so, I want you to know the blood still has the power to cast him out and get him out of the way. This morning, can I get an amen? The fearful, the adulterers, we ain't got no idols, no. How many has ever, let me just ask the question, how many ever coming up, you know, as a child or even as a young adult or whatever the case is, there was somebody that you just just admired greatly and you thought they were all that and then, then, then some, that's what they were. Let me tell you something, that could be a type of an adulterer. You can idolize people, you can idolize things, but nothing should come between you and God. Amen? All right? Liars, all, look, look, notice what it says. It didn't say some liars, it said all liars. All liars. I can't cover up something and try to make it true when it's not true, it's a lie. And the Bible said, All liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Let me tell you something. Jesus, when he went before the Father, he was without spot, blemish, or ink, or any such thing, without blemish or without spot. And the Bible declares unto me, and according to the word of God, the church herself, she's gonna make herself ready. How is she gonna make herself ready? Through and by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only way we're gonna get ready this morning, amen? Life more abundant can only be found in the power of his blood. How many want life more abundantly? John 10:10. the chief cometh not, or the thief, I keep saying the The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill, and to destroy that's what he comes for he comes to steal to kill And destroy. Jesus said, "I am come that ye that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly." I don't know about you this morning, but I'm part of that they. When Jesus said that they, that's part of me. That's me. When He said they may have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. In other words, I come that Jerry might have life, and not only that, but that Jerry would have might have life more abundantly this morning, folks. We need to realize today, and I know we do. You folks, by the way, of the internet, need to realize. All this chaotic stuff going on in the world today, I'm gonna to tell you something, just one word from God, he could calm it all down, all down. He could just calm it all down. He could get it all wrapped up together, but guess what? I don't think he's gonna do that. He's opening up the eyes of the church to let us know that his blood, his blood, it still has the power, and he wants you not to trust him even in the midst of all this chaos. You trust God. You will come out on top every time today. Glory to God. His blood has the power to heal and protect. Whenever a virus attacks our physical body, just like what's going on right now, people are dying with this coronavirus. Some 700,000, I think it's one of the last numbers I heard, that have died in in, in America. 700,000 people that coronavirus has taken out of here. I don't understand it all, but I do know this. As long as I got Jesus, coronavirus can't touch me. Wait a minute, preacher. Be careful. Mm -mm. I ain't talking about my body. I'm talking about me. You see, that's the problem. Some people keep thinking about me as this. This right here. I hit this thing with a hammer the other day. And when I hit it, it hurt. But can I tell you what that did to my spiritual body? It could have done a whole lot. But can I tell you what it did to my spiritual self? Absolutely nothing. Because I didn't allow it to. It didn't touch my spirit. None at all. It didn't touch me. It just touched my body. You understand what I'm saying? Flesh and spirit. And the flesh and the spirit are contrary one to another all the time. And the Bible says, whichever one we yield to, uh, that's the one that we're going to serve. So when things happen to you physically, it shouldn't be doing nothing to you spiritually. Am I making any sense to you? The only way it affects me spiritually, if I allow it to. Now, when I put that board up there to put that piece of molding up on the on the ceiling up there, and I took that hammer and I hit it, I missed the board, and I hit my finger. Now, it could affect me spiritually. If I'd have got all uptight, mad, puffed up, throwed the ladder down, kicked everything out of the way, got out of the way, uh, showed my anger up a little bit uh, and got got in the flesh instead of in the spirit, uh, it could have affected my spirit then. But I said, no, no, no. When When I hit that thing, I just put it, just like I always do, I just put it in my pocket. And I said, Lord, you know I'm hurting right now and I need you to help me. And you know what? He helped me. Because I was able to go back to work. Didn't have a band aid. I just went and found me some tissue, put it around, put some tape around it, and my fingers like that it was good. But you know what? I didn't let it affect my spirit whatsoever. Let me tell you something. When people come against you, when people talk about you, when people hurt you, don't let it creep into your spiritual self, because your spiritual self is what's going to glory, not your fleshly self. But when you get caught up in the flesh, and the flesh, you retaliate, and you do all these things, and that's what people want to do. They want you to, they want you to do that, so they can point a finger at you and let them know, hey, look where you are now. Look at you now. Now, what they need to do is see Christ in you, not you yourself. Can I get an amen? you folks praying for my grandson I thank you for praying for me he only gets his phone for a couple hours a week he called us yesterday and Mimi which that's what he calls her she picks up right quickly Hunter are you doing okay he said Mimi I'm alright but he sound real weak she said Hunter are they feeding you he said Mimi they don't give us a whole lot and I know, and he's a Marine Corps, and we understand, they're a little bit harder than some of the other folks, I don't know. He said when he goes to eat, he has to suck it up. He don't have time to really eat. So he's lost a lot of weight. He's doing good. And I talked to him, I said, son, I want you to understand something. He said, Papa, no. He said, I, I said, it's nothing but a mind game. They're trying to break you. I said, when that sergeant's in front of you, hollering at you, lying to you, telling you all these kinds of things, the only thing he wants you to do is break. The only thing he wants you to do is jump. The only thing he wants you to do is retaliate on him. That's what he's after. That's what he wants you to do. But let me tell you something, son. You hang in there and hold it together. He said, Papa, I know. I know what they're doing. He said, I got my mind straight. I got everything right. I said, son, we're praying for you daily. We're praying. We had prayer for him last night before he hung up. And I said, just, just, just hang in there. You don't let, don't cross the line that they're trying to get you to cross. Because once you cross that line, then they're gonna have you. But you stand firm and you stand still and you do what you're supposed to do and everything's gonna be all right. There's some tough stuff you're gonna have to take. I said, but understand this, one day, this is what I like about the whole ordeal. I said, One day, that man is hollering at you, that man is doing all that stuff to you, that man is all, all over your case. He's a sergeant. Listen to me, Hunter. I said, He's a sergeant. But I want to tell you something. One of these days, ain't going to be long for now, a few more weeks, you're going to be a commissioned officer. In other words, you're going to be a second lieutenant. And when you walk in the room, that sergeant's going to realize that he's done a good job training you, whatever the case is. But when you walk in the room and he's in the room somewhere or another, sitting around or standing around, whatever it is, when you as a commission officer of walks in that room, uh, everybody in there, somebody uh, is gonna shout attention. And when they do that, uh, even that sergeant uh, that's on your case, uh, he's gonna stand there attention uh, and he can't move uh, until you tell him at ease or as you were, carry on or whatever. Son, let me tell you something. Don't you let the enemy attack you to the point that you get down. Folks, uh, let me tell you something. Uh, no, don't let the devil get you down. Uh, don't let the devil cause you to retaliate. Don't let the devil cause you to cross the line uh, because that's what he wants because I'm gonna tell you something, when you as a blood bought child of God, you realize the blood of Christ, it still works, it still has power, when you walk in the room, every demon in hell has got to snap to attention and bow down to you because you are a living child of God that God loves you this morning. I'm tired of seeing people give
2: in to the enemy.
4: Let me tell you something, folks. I'm in the same boat you in, because he fights me continuously. He's trying his best to break me. He's trying his best to get me to stoop to his level. And I keep saying, God, please give me the strength to carry on. I know what Jesus did for me. Help me to stand. That he keep pointing his finger at me, and accuse me of nothing. Because I realize what the word tells me and I believe, I believe the word of God. The word tells me that Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He's my He's between me and the Father. And the Bible says, it declares that Jesus is praying for me. I don't know about you. You ain't gonna get no better person this side of glory to pray for you than the one that's on the other side of glory and his name is Jesus. Uh, To know he's praying for you, you can't fail. To know he's praying for you, you can't fall. Sure, you might stumble. The wind might blow you over. Amen? And you might fall. But don't keep laying there. Just get up. And know that he has got you in the palm of his hand. And realize that when you stand up in Christ, that devil's got to bow down. Amen? But when you stand up in the devil, you don't have a chance at nothing. Because he's got you. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Let me finish up. When the virus attacks, makes us sick, our blood begins to fight with all that it has attacking this virus with white blood cells. I went to the doctor in 2008, May of 2008. That Thursday night, I will never forget it. We put some siding on, on, on our, our, our building outside behind the house. I had some friends to help me. And that night about 8.30, I was taking the last piece of stuff to the street so the city could pick it up. And I remember just walking back to the house, I couldn't hardly, couldn't hardly make it. I was just so weak, I was so tired. I said, something ain't right. And I went home that night. When I, mean, I went in that night, went to bed. That morning about 2 30, I was in such a chill, just jerking. I mean jerking. My wife then told me a couple days before that, she said, you're going to the doctor. I said, I'm okay, I'm going to be all right. But that Friday morning, she said, get your mess right. We're going to the doctor. I went to the Medicare. I walked in. They looked at me. They examined me. They said, Mr. Barber, we don't know what's going on with you right now. This is not class book stuff that we're dealing with with you. We don't know what. We don't really know what it is. Hell, I can tell you this. Your white blood cells, this reminds me of this, your white blood cells, because whenever a virus, whenever your body is attacked with anything, the white blood cells go to work. He said, your white blood cell count, if I'm not mistaken, he told me he said, it was up to 18,000. He said, there's infection in you somewhere and we don't know what it is. He said, me a shot in the hip, give me some antibiotics, told me to go home, I'll probably be all right that Monday morning. I was so bad off, I couldn't hardly, I couldn't hardly even do nothing. My wife taking her mother to the doctor, I said, ask Dr. Barton if, 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 if you give her this paperwork, the blood work. She took it to her. My wife called me in just a few minutes. She said, Dr. Barton, I you in her office at 4.15 today. 4.15, I walked in her office. She looked at me, she said, don't stop. She said, I want you to get in the car and go straight to the hospital. Don't go to the emergency room, go straight to the admit. I said, oh, "Well, I'm the preacher, I visit hospitals. And I don't stay in hospitals. She said, you're gonna to stay today. I said, okay, so I went over to the hospital that Monday afternoon. When I got in there, they said, do you want to walk to the room or do you want to put you in a wheelchair? I said, no, I can walk, I'm good. I walked to the room. Tuesday morning, I woke up, could not breathe, could not do nothing, could not get off the bed. The bathroom is close. To, the bathroom door was close to that piano right there to the bed, and it looked like it was 10 miles away. I couldn't do nothing. Oxygen gone, everything gone. She started working on me. She started working on me the night before, first time she'd ever seen me. I was supposed to see her a month later. But she came in the room, she said, Mr. Barbon, I'm tell you, I did it without permission. I took your blood, last night when they draw blood, I took your blood and I went to work on it. I right now don't know what you got. I have no earthly clue. It took them from Monday night to Thursday morning to find out what I had. Dr. Pew, the alum, Dr. Walks in, said, Mr. Barber, I'm gonna tell you something. You got Legionella. I said, what in the world is a Legionella? He says, legionnaire disease. Back in the 1970s, a big uh, pandemic broke out in Pennsylvania, I think it was. And that's why it's called Legionnaire's disease. American Legion had a big pandemic. He said, I don't know where you got it from. I don't have a clue. It was the first case we've seen in five years. In 2017, I think it was, it was about 12 people in the state of North Carolina died with the same disease I had. He said, we don't know where you got it. But on, but on that Thursday morning, after, after, after the doctor came in, that Thursday morning, my uncle walks in the hospital room. He said, Jerry, I don't know who I'm agreeing with. He said, I was in my office studying this morning. He said, and God moved on me to go pray for you, come pray for you. He said, and agree with somebody. You agree? He said, I don't know who I'm agreeing with, I don't know. He said, but God's gonna heal you of this mess. And he don't know it, but about 30 minutes before he got there, that's when I, the Lord just moved on me. I told my daughter, I said, go get my iPod, I want to hear it, let me just hear some music, I can't do nothing else. And I will not never forget it. Jimmy Swire came on, came, came, came on the iPod. He said, I don't know about tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know about tomorrow. But I know, who's got, I know whose hand's in my hand. And I told God that morning, I said, Lord, ain't a thing in the world I can do. He said, give it to me. I said, how do I just give it to you? How do I do that? How do I just give this to you? He said, just give it to me. And I kept praying, I kept praying, thinking about my family, thinking about my wife, thinking about everybody, thinking about church, thinking about this and that. I said, how do I just give it to you? He said, simply give it to me. I said, Father, in Jesus' name, I give you every burden, I give you every fear, I give you every thought I've got. I'm giving it to you right now. And this is in your hands. You do what you want to do, you do what you got to do. There's nothing I can do, so Lord, I'm leaving it entirely up to you. When my uncle came that morning and he laid hands on me, he prayed for me. That that won't long after that, Dr. Pugh come in and said, said Mr. Barber, we're gonna take you down, we're we'll gonna do a lung cleansing. And they took all this tubes and run down, and bring them out, and they pulled all kinds of mess out of my lungs. Right then, God used that right then to start breaking that stuff up. The doctor said your lungs are so compact there's no oxygen at all going to your body. Well, let me tell you something. If you can find somebody that can believe with you that the power, that there's still power in the blood of Jesus Christ, <clears throat> if you can get somebody to believe with you that all things are possible with Him, my mom could pray for me that afternoon. I started turning and started getting better, and everything began to turn around and get around. Let me tell you something: Your body is is organized, or your body is 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 being built to heal itself. That's what it does. That's what it tries to do. When the enemy of your soul rises up against you, uh, the blood of the Lord, Lord and Savior covers us uh, like a shield, and that enemy that would destroy our soul is repealed. Amen? And repealed. He can't do it. Uh-uh. You're covered in the blood of Christ. He can't go through the bloodline. He can't do it. He will not do it. Amen? Why? Because there is wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. When your body suffers an injury, a cut, to, your blood does this wonderful thing to protect you from infection, it forms a scab on it. I can show you scalves. I'm getting where I'm finding out I'm getting older. I don't have the balance I used to have, I'm bumping into things. This one thing's another. But when, when your body suffers, the, the, the blood, it clots and causes a scab. Many times in this life, we live, we, we, in this life we live, we suffer from different kinds of attacks upon our spirit. A word that was said that cuts like a knife into the heart. A selfish act that almost destroys you emotion. An attack from Satan upon your thought life or condemnation. Amen. But when the blood is applied, my friend, the blood of Jesus, it goes to work right then. It begins to repel. It begins It begins to rebuke, it begins to resist the enemy. But what we gotta do is resist them for ourselves and know that Jesus is there to do everything that needs to be done for the glory of God. The devil don't want you feeling good. He wants you waking up sick. That's what he wants. He wants you waking up feeling bad. Because then your day's gonna be bad. But I got a feeling that this is gonna be a good day because I know who's in charge of this day and whatever the enemy's trying to do, I resist, I rebuke him now in the name of Jesus Christ because I'm a blood-bought child of God. He's got to flee from me and I'm gonna be all right at the end of the way. You see this is when the blood of Jesus wraps around our spirit and soul and protect and bring healing up to the hurts of our lives. The wound may be tender for a while and may leave a scar but the blood of Jesus is always at work in the middle of the hurts of our life bringing protection and bringing healing. But you see the problem is a lot of times we stop that protection. We stop that healing. We stop him from bringing it because we know better than he does. I can't believe that individual said that about me. I can't believe that individual done that to me. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. I can't believe the other. Uh uh-uh. Don't let that grab your flesh. Keep it to your spirit because your spirit's gonna come over if you just stay in the spirit with the Lord. Amen If for making any sense this morning. You see, it's the blood, the power of the blood of Jesus breaks the yoke of bondage of sin. From our lives. He does not just forgive us and leave us in the grips of Satan, but by the power of the blood of Christ, we experience freedom from sin. Do you hear what I said? He does not just forgive us and leave us in, in the grips of Satan, but by the power and the blood of Christ, we experience freedom from sin. How many, how many glad you're free this morning? You don't believe it? Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where we're Christ have made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. See what he said? See what Paul said? Stand fast therefore in the liberty, in the freedom where we Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Whatever Satan has wrapped around your life and seems to be choking the very life out of you with, amen? Let me tell you something. But not just to deliver but to overcome. Whatever Satan's gotten wrapped around your life, and he's choking, seems like he's choking the life out of you. Do what Paul said, stand fast. Therefore, in the liberty of where Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Amen. He can't. Colossians chapter 1:13, who have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. You see, God's got it set up through his son that we have protection on every side. He can't bring nothing on us to defeat us if we'll just put our faith and trust in him. That's what we have to do though. You can't partially trust Christ. You got to fully trust Christ, Amen. And in verse 11, 12, Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. They didn't worry about themselves. They didn't worry about their life. They were concerned about Jesus Christ and him crucified. They were concerned about living for him. And when the enemy comes against them, what they do? They begin to testify of the greatness of God, of the greatness of the blood of the lamb, how he's brought me through this, how he's brought me through that, how he's brought me through all these others. So right now today, whatever what he's saying is, by the blood of the lamb, and by the word of the testimony and they loved up their lives they said hey it don't matter about me it's all about him cause if you destroy this flesh my spirit is gonna be with him forevermore in the portals of glory ah somebody shout praise the Lord then verse, uh, six, uh, uh, verse uh, 6 his blood still his blood is still powerful today his blood is still saving sinners sending captives free today his blood is still sufficient you see this microphone right here ain't got no power at all because it might not be on. But I bet, listen, listen, I like this. Lord, just give me this. Joy, is this my microphone? Is this my microphone up here? Huh? It ain't? I can't do what I want to do. But if this was my microphone, I got one up there. I said, oh, just keep that for me. If this was my microphone, I couldn't use my microphone with this microphone. I got I What size uh-uh. One or the other has got to be off. But I can take this microphone that's not on the same system, and I can use this microphone even while I'm using this one. Now this new technology I got around my head. You see all this stuff behind me right here? It's more aggravating than it's worth. I know it's not. Let me rephrase that. He's done good. But I was I'm trying to I was trying my best, say so, Joy, I don't like that thing on me hanging around me. So, can, can you get my other one? It goes on my collar. I don't have to worry about it. And several people come out yesterday, uh, last week, shook my hand, and said, Pastor, I could sure hear you a whole lot butter today. I said, wow, you ain't helping me a bit. <laughs> so this morning, Joy said, you want this one? I said, I ain't got much of a choice. He said, yeah, you, you, you can do what you want to. I said, well, they said I sound butter, so let me have it. We'll keep working with it. He said, after a while, you get to where you want him even notice it. I hope so. Well, what I'm getting at is my mic won't work with this mic. I have to have this one off to use this one or have this one off to use this. You know what? They're not in sync. That's what's going along with a lot of Christians today. They're not in sync with Christ. They're trying to get the flesh to work and the spirit to work at the same time. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you something. It ain't gonna happen. There ain't no mediocre where you can stand in the middle and spirit and flesh or flesh and spirit, whatever side you want to do it on. You ain't gonna stand in the middle and constantly be back and forth. It don't work that way. You got to have your heart set up and made up. Not your mind. Have your heart made up. I'm either going with the flesh or I'm going with the spirit. So for me to go with the spirit, I got to cut the flesh off. For me to go with the flesh, the spirit's going to be cut off. Some say, well, I'm not cutting the spirit off. You don't have to. It's on remote. When you go to the flesh, it just gets, it's just there. Notice what I'm saying. It's still there. He's never left you. He's still there. But you're going to have to turn that off, right? You want to turn yourself off and get turned on to Jesus, turn back into Jesus before you're to be able to walk in the Spirit. It don't work both ways. Understand what I'm saying? And that's what's wrong with a lot of Christians. They're trying to trying to walk both aisles. They're trying to <laughs> trying to straddle the fence. I saw Brother Mike, this thing on. I saw Brother Mike ride a bicycle backwards in here one time. I can hardly ride one forward. So I guess this morning, if I was to get up here on this thing right here and I was to start walking down it, so look out, preacher, you crazy? And what I'm doing, I got the flesh on one side, or the flesh on one side, I got the spirit on the other side. And I start walking down this thing and what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to straddle the fence. But I got news for you. I'm gonna fall I can hear people saying, now get down, fool, get down. <laughs> if I start walking, now if I start walking, you know it's God. I can walk on this thing, and after a while, my foot gonna slip. You can't straddle the fence and serve God. When I straddle the fence and I fall, I don't have to go no further. Cause if I'm straddling the fence and I fall, Somebody's going to get hurt. And it ain't you. So what are you trying to say, preacher? I'm trying to say, you ain't going to serve God and serve flesh at the same time. It don't work that way. You love one and hate the other, or you love one and despise the other. Simply again, if you're not serving God, listen to me carefully, the Word of God says if you're not serving, I didn't write this. I didn't write this. Can I tell you something else? Paul didn't write this. Amen. Matthew, John, Luke, Mark, all them boys, they didn't write this. It's, it's given their name, whatever the case is, but they didn't write it. Can I tell you who wrote it? The Holy Ghost wrote it, they just penned it. You see the difference? Some people say, well, Mark wrote it. Mark ain't wrote nothing. Mark just penned what the Holy Ghost moved on him to write. Amen? John the Revelator in Revelations, he didn't write that. It was the revelation of Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God gave him the revelation and that's how he was able to pin it down because of what the Holy Ghost had given unto them. This is not written by man. This is written by God himself. The Holy Ghost, it was pinned by man as they were given, the Holy Ghost given them the things right for the word of God. And you and I got every right this morning to stand on the word of God and know that when you stand on it, every promise in there, it shall be yours today. So the microphone has power to amplify my voice. This one does, that one does, they do. But somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, if not at the end of this service, maybe at the beginning of another service, or maybe, I don't know how long the batteries last, but somewhere along the way, and just for word's sake, Joe will probably have, need to take out the battery and replace it with a fresh, fresh one with a full charge. But I want to tell you something this morning. The blood of Jesus will never need to be replaced nor recharged in our lives because the blood of Christ has power and to never lose that power, you and I can stand on the word of God this morning. Amen? If family was involved in a serious accident. Mike, the younger of the two brothers involved, was badly injured and needed a blood transfusion. Mike's big brother, Danny, who was almost eight years old was the perfect blood type, the perfect blood type for his smaller brother. His father sat down with him and explained that his little brother was going to die but if Danny would give his little brother some blood, that might, would be just fine. Daddy says to son down. Son, this is what's going on with little brother. He's, at, he's, at, he's, he's right now, is at the time. He could die. He could die right where he's at. But you, you have a perfect blood match. If you would take and give him some of your blood or give him your blood, then he would live. That's what daddy sort of basically explained to, to, to his son. So Danny, uh, Danny uh, uh, sat and thought for a minute and then he said, okay, dad, I will do this for my brother. They took Danny to the operating room, hooked up the needle to his arm and the blood from his body began to flow to his little brother. Listen to me. Everything had gone wonderfully and the nurse removed the needle from little Danny's arm. Danny, with a tear running down his eye, looked at his daddy and said, daddy, when do I die? Gave my brother my blood. Now daddy, brother gonna die. Now I give brother my blood. Daddy... When am I going to die? The father suddenly realized, uh, with a shock, that Danny had misunderstood his explanation uh, of giving blood. Uh, Danny thought uh, he was giving all his blood to save the life of his little brother. He thought that he would die after the transfusion was over. Yet still, listen to me. Uh, yet still, a little nine-year-old boy. Uh, still, uh, he said and thought a minute. Uh, he said, "Okay, Danny, uh, I'll do it. Uh, I'll give him. I'll give him my blood." Uh, yet, the uh, still had a, uh, he thought uh, he would die after the transfusion. Yet he he still had agreed to help his little brother. What love, what sacrifice, what a gift of life. What blood can do this morning, my friend? That's exactly what Jesus did when he went to the cross. He gave us a transfusion. It's not our blood flowing no more, but it's the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have all power over all the enemy if we'll just trust God today. Can I get an amen somewhere? (laughs) Danny, I need your blood. Oh, am I going to die if you don't give it to us? Okay, Daddy, I'll give it to him. And then when am I going to die? Daddy, when am I going to die? Whoa, 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 Let me tell you something. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will never die. And let me go ahead and say this. If you don't receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Guess what, you still will never die, never. Eternity is waiting for all of us. No, come on. Eternity is waiting for all of us. And one day, we're gonna face eternity, huh? We're gonna face eternity, one day. But I don't know about you, but I'm glad to know this morning that the blood still has the power. Aren't you? Let us all stand this morning. My perfect song right now will be There's Power in the Blood. There's power. There's power. There's wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. In May of 2008, the devil thought he had me. But somebody came to my rescue. You said, but Jesus, yeah, Jesus is always there. He's never, he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's always there. I could have died then with Jesus. But Jesus said, I don't want you to die right now. I want you to live. I don't want you to die with me. I want you to live with me. So that's what happened. Somebody came in and still believed that there was power in the blood that through by the cross of calvary not only can we be saved we can be healed they came hand laid hands on me and i felt it when god touched me uh, everything's going to be all right and when that, that was on a thursday morning that wednesday that wednesday morning dr barton walked in my office i walked in my, in my in my in my room on monday night i went in the i went in the hospital monday night all day tuesday all the way up to late tuesday night The nurse looked at my wife and said, you need to change the atmosphere in this room. In other words, you need to get these people out of here. He can't can't entertain like they think he can. So Dr. Barton comes in the next morning. She said, Mr. Barbie, I'm gonna tell you something. I said, what's that? She said, we're gonna change things. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I should have put you in intensive care. And if these people don't stop coming, I'm gonna put you in intensive care. So Dr. Barton puts a note on the door immediate family only. I wish she'd have put her name on it, but she didn't. She just put immediate family only. And I had church folk coming, Would stick their head in the door, although some of them outside mad, why can't I go in and see the pastor? Why can't I go in and see the pastor? Because there's a sign on the, on the door that says immediate family only. And the nurses were making sure that that was taking place. How many was here saw Quentin the other night when he told about them sunglasses he had on? And people judge you just by what, by what they think or whatever the case is. Well, that's what happened to my church folk. They saw that sign, immediate family only. You know who they got mad with? They didn't get married with a the doctor, they didn't get mad with a the nurse. they didn't get married with me. They got mad at fire with my wife. I mean T totally, I mean they were they got all up in the flesh. They got mad with her because she put that sign on the door that we can't see him no more. Got mad with her. I mean just and didn't mind showing it. Mad when the doctor's the one that said it to start with I said honey don't worry about a thing in the world if that's their attitude I don't want them in here to start with she said you can't do it she said if you don't stop it I'm going to stop it I said do what you got to do doctor so folks let me tell you something before we pass our judgment before we move quickly on something we need to make sure that we're in the proper venue of what we're talking about because a lot of things are taken out 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 of sync sometimes but somebody Agreed with me and believed with me that the power of Jesus, there's still power in the blood of Jesus, and that power still works. And he said, Jerry, am praying God's going to heal you, He's going to get you up off this deathbed. But that Wednesday morning, Dr. Walkman, after t- doing all that, she said, She, was, she said, Mr. Barbie, there's a, there's a shadow behind your lungs. I don't know what it is. She said, As far as I know right now, it could be cancer that's behind your lungs. We can't get to it and see what it is. It could be cancer. And when she said that cancer, when she said the word cancer, it was like somebody had dropped a, 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 a two, two or three hundred pound uh, 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 weight right on me. Just, just dropped me like that. I looked at my wife and tears began to run down my eyes because I didn't have a clue. I looked at her after doctor walked out I said, I'm sick. I know I'm sick. This is on Wednesday. I said, I know I'm sick. And I don't know what's going to happen to me. But I want you to know this. I love you more than anything else in this world than Jesus Christ. And I love my youngest, And You make sure you tell them how much I love them. I was getting ready to go. Tears running down my eyes and she she cried. Then that Thursday morning, that Thursday morning, the blood of Jesus began to flow again. Because all the doubt, all the fear, all the everything that was in me began to move. And I started receiving and believing and trusting. And I felt the power of God move. Then she comes in on Friday afternoon, I think it was she said, I got to get you out of here. I don't want to get you out right now, but I need to get you out of here. She says, "Staff infection has moved across the hall in the room across from you. I got to get you out of here. I can't let you stay here because your immune system is down rock bottom to nothing. You got nothing. So I got to get you out of here. Sent me home, sent me home with oxygen. I said, Dr. Barton, they said, I ain't going home. She said, yes, you are. She said, get up and walk over there and come back. Get up and walk over there. She'd done that several times. Then she checked my oxygen. it has got to get down to a certain level before you can take oxygen home. And when it got down that level she wrote it down right there, and went out there and told him said now he can go home You send oxygen with him they brought all this stuff in my house this machine this great big tanks and all this stuff and while i'm sitting there in a the chair i can't hardly breathe i went and took a shower could hardly lift my hands up i'm sitting there in that chair can't hardly breathe and i looked down i said i'm gonna tell you fellow something you're gonna come back and get this mess because god ain't partially done nothing to me in the hospital room what he done in the hospital room he's gonna continue to do you gonna come back and get this mess he said what you mean i said because i'm gonna be healed in jesus name they said well and, and they hear that all the time they said well when you, when you decide you don't want it no more, call us, come get it. Three weeks later, I called him up. I said, come get it. I don't need it no more. God's touched me and healed me completely. I don't need the oxygen no more. When I see somebody's got oxygen in my nose, man, my heart just goes out to them because I know if you can't breathe, you can't do nothing. But God touched me today and healed me. I know the power that's in the blood of Jesus Christ. I know that. Huh? and and then a massive heart attack see I can't walk up there I can't even walk down there a massive heart attack the devil tried to kill me again and when I went into the operating room he'd get me up I said Lord I'm in your hands do what you want to do you can leave me here let me go I'm ready to go I got people here I got people over yonder whatever you want you do what you want to do no fear at all doctor said are you ready I said yes sir let's do it and when that nurse punched my shoulder said Mr. Barber I said oh that ain't the voice of the Lord that's the voice of a nurse. He left me here. He left me here just to aggravate the fire to you folks. Can I get an amen? So have you experienced the wonder-working power of the blood of the Lamb today? Have you experienced it? Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We love you and praise you, Father. Anybody, by the way, of internet, anybody that's listening to us today, these that are here this morning, Father, in the house of God, Father, if there's a need in the house, Father, if there's a healing needed, or whatever it is. It could be mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever the need might be. Father, there's still wonder-working power in the blood of the lamb. And if they can just release it and trust it wholeheartedly to you, God, I know what your word says, that you are a deliverer, you're a healer, you'll set us free, Lord. And Father, take away every bit of bondage, Lord, that's holding us down today. And Father, we'll stand carefully and give you all the praise the
0: glory and the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Let's- Thanks for tuning in to our live stream here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church. If you want more information about our church, go to our website, pinelevelphc.org. That's pinelevelphc.org. You can check out pictures, events coming up. Also, watch other services that you may have missed. Also, you can download our free app through the Google Play or the iOS App Store. You can watch our services live or on demand. And you can get push notifications about upcoming events here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church, as well as check out other information that's going on. Here. Also, Facebook users, search Facebook for uh, Pine Level PHC, and you can like our page on Facebook, get notifications when we go live, check out pictures and other things that we post through Facebook. If you're a YouTube fan, go to YouTube, search Pine Level PH Church, and subscribe to our channel and get notifications when we go live. You can watch our services live or on demand through YouTube. We also have a podcast available for the people who can't watch. You can listen while you drive or work. Go to your favorite podcast provider, or you can go to our website website or the app for the quick link to the podcast. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecost Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. Tune in again Sunday morning at 1030 or Sunday night at 6 p.m. and Wednesday at 7. God bless.